Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Michael Dean Show here on Podcast Juice. My name is Michael Dean, and joining me today is Mr. Ant Pooh. Sir, how are you? Man, I'm hella pissed off. See, this is why <laughs> you can't be a gamer with kids. Because here I am. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say I can't be a gay man with kids? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't hear you right now. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, I said a gay mer oh, okay. with kids. Wow. Because here I am taking that time to grind through Spider-Man, doing it the Pause. right way, trying to get that at 100%. Pause. And then I look up from behind my desk. Here's my son. Hey, Anthony, I finished it. Oh, that means it's time to put the sticks down, man. No, no, he ain't grind nothing. He's at fifty four percent at best. I was at ninety four, and I'm just looking up like, okay, I guess I'm done with this game. He said, no, 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 you can go back and play it. And I'm looking at him like, you already trolling me, and you not. Put the sticks down. <laughs> it's a new generation, man. <laughs> That's their game, man. Yeah, I'm just like, why am I trying to get one hundred percent? And he's just like, pew, 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 pew done. All right. Well, I feel you, man. I, I, I'm, and I apologize. Uh, my comment earlier, I just, I didn't, I heard it wrong, and you know, we, we're in a heightened sense of sensitivity these days. So, I want to make sure that we shed the proper respect, you know, for that. Because you, 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 you were like a heavy accent on the gay mur. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I just went with the first thing. I'm I sorry, heard. a heavy accent on the what? The gay mur. <laughs> I never heard anybody say it like that. I was like, okay. He's a biracial. No, let me you stop. sound like Ethel Merman, man. <laughs> this is why we can't be great. Okay. Also joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? <sighs> Rough week, but it's all right. Got a lot of music happening. Did some listening to some of the Grammy-nominated stuff. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm an old man. Because some of that stuff I listened to was some bull, but we can take a we can get into it. All right. Also on deck today is Mr. Q Storm Elwag. What's going on, sir? Now you did say on deck, right? D E C K, right? I'm just you, checking. You, you thought you heard on dick? Is that what you? I'm I'm trying to make sure you're not trying to clown me. <laughs> Like you clown. Well, I don't know. Them. I mean, you might have heard something different. Eh? I, again, because of the heightened sensitivity uh, in today's climate. It's okay. I'm just saying that <laughs> that that was foul. That was foul, Mike. It's <laughs> just a good joke. Um, damn, you maybe forgot what I was going to say. Cause your mind is oh, on yeah. D. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Keep it up now. Keep there it up. Pause. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I am uh, under the auspices of the wife because we are going to do some holiday celebrating with 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 friends at four o'clock and i under the auspices of the wife i can't wait well, you guys you mean the go, boss go outside no. and sing carols or something or what? say what you guys are gonna go outside and sing carols or something no they want us to they want us to go come over for dinner okay and then we're gonna go to this place called longwood gardens where they put up christmas lights and longwood <laughs> oh man I had nothing to do with the name of that <laughs> of that place. It's a it's a botanical garden. They put up fucking Christmas lights, and you're supposed to go out there and light watch them. Oh, who cares? Oh, man, it's, it's the joys of uh, being married. 
celebrating the holidays. We gotta, we gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. Well, uh, with all of that said, we are in the midst of yeah, it's Christmas season here, 2018. I didn't realize it's like one more week until Christmas. It's like so quick. Got to get the shopping on. (laughs) But uh, I digress. Uh, All right, let's get into it. So uh, big movies this week. Uh, uh, Another Spider-Man related release. Uh, This is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This is uh, put out by Sony and it's an animated movie. You know, we've been watching the trailer for this for a while. Uh, It is finally here. This movie uh, follows uh, Miles Morales character, Spider-Man. Uh, is the main, you know, focus, and it's I think it's his first time hitting the big screen. I believe he's been on the TV version of Spider-Man before. Um, I'll just start off by saying, man, uh, love this movie. I thought it was really good. Uh, I liked the animation at first when I saw the trailers, but then when I look at, took a closer look at the trailers, I could see that there was some weird kind of very artistic. Uh, sort of design and almost a fuzziness and this weird type of I don't know shading thing they were doing with the animation that was kind of like ah it seemed like it would be distracting but when I saw it on the big screen in fluid you know movement and as I got used to it I fell in love with the styling of the animation and the sort of the little effects that they were doing throughout it uh visually I thought it was a breathtaking uh, artistic statement it's not just regular uh you know cartoon style animation i know it's done 3d but it's done sort of almost as a drawn type of a way but then they still have you know there's there's uh shades of sort of anime shading going on and um very hyper uh intense type edits and things in it and it works dope with this in terms of the just overall presentation of the visuals i thought it was fantastic along with the sound and the music uh just tight man you could i mean even if you didn't know what the story was visually i thought it was quite an achievement what they did and particularly the different types of characters that they show um the miles morales stuff with him and his family and the uncle being somewhat familiar familiar with his character from reading the the original uh comics by Bendis, I sort of knew what was going on a little bit, and so I even knew you know I could tell what the gotcha moment was going to be, but I still thought that the way they handled the interactions with the miles Morales and characters and the people around him and his environment in Brooklyn spot on and thought that was I was like, man, this is an animation. This is dope. Like the representation I thought was tight and the way they presented things in it. Just the the nods to the, you know, the culture in terms of like hip hop and stuff. I didn't it didn't come off corny. I'm listening to the music and stuff. I was like, okay, they got somebody who really knows, you know, the the genre and the and the, the stuff to play. They have somebody who really understands like hip hop as opposed to rap. Like there's a whole part in the movie, not, not to give it spoilers, but just building the relationship between Miles and his uncle, and they go out and do a piece. I'm using some graffiti artist terms, but they do a throw up, which means they actually, you know, show a scene with Miles has what we, we used to call a piece book. Now it's like the hardcover book you would have where you would draw and do your actual graffiti stuff in the book that you would actually go out when you would, you know, 
go out and do it in public out, you know, in this case, in trains and different things. And I was like, I ain't never seen no other medium really show that. That's a very old school hip hop thing. You know, that a lot of people's first time seeing that was in the movie. Uh, go look at Style Wars documentary where they really show that culture. And I was like, man, who was making this movie? Like, how they, how they know how to do this? I was like, this is dope. And then his dad, like, I mean, his uncle, like, yo, that's a dope piece. Let's go out and bomb that. You know, he takes him to a place. They go in the yard. You see him sneak in there. And it's the white wall. It's, oh, you do your throw up right there. To me, that was, I was actually sold right there. I was like, okay, this is tight. You know, I said, like, they didn't have to do all that. So in terms of just the presentation and, and actually as a character, I thought it was dope. And then, of course, all of the Spider-Man stuff, I thought was handled very well. I was a little, I didn't know how to, t- I was going to take the Peter Parker guy, but the way that they ended up doing that, I was, I, I, I was like, okay, I dig this. I see what they're doing here. It was as if essentially they were taking the Peter Parker Spider-Man from the original Spider-Man movies, excuse me. Yeah, the Raimi trilogy. Yeah, and had him in it. I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of slick. So it was just pretty interesting. And then, of course, the other stuff that other Spider-Men or Spider-Women people that they they put in there, who I really don't care for, the Spider-Gwens and all of that. But in the movie, I thought they worked perfectly. I was like, you know what? I like it. Um, So just a quick thing to say, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I would hope that they could do more superhero movies like this on the big screen you know not uh, unlike what dc when they do a great job with their you know home video releases but the quality of this sony production was light years uh, (laughs) beyond what they're doing on those other ones and so i want to see more with the you know heavy dose of production values that was done here and the music and just the whole presentation I want to see more stuff. I think this is an untapped, particularly from Marvel, that it could really go in a direction with this. Because, and plus the action scenes in this, yeah, you're not, you know, it'd be hard as hell to do those in regular live action. And they were doing some crazy shit here because it's, you know, they can do that. I just, this to me opens the door where I, I would love to see other stuff. Uh, and, and I say, you know, salute to Sony, man. They, they doing their thing. Uh, they ain't worried about, not having license, they got that Spider-Man character, and I'm sure they got him on Lizark because after Homecoming, which was pretty good, Venom, which I didn't really care for, but that's a blockbuster, and now they got this. Oh, they can do whatever they want to do. They they got it. Um, so I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was good, and I think kids will love this movie. I can already tell my son is gonna be all over this, and particularly you get to see the young sort of. I guess they call him Afro-Latino character. I think that's kind of... Let me jump into Conspiracy Brother just for a quick second. That's a little corny how they do that, but I get it. Jumping out. But his character, I I think a lot of people can relate to him. And I just thought it was handled very well. So for me, uh, I give it my full... I I guess I got to go on a scale of Marlins, as I said before. You know, Marlon from the Victory Tour when he was doing his thing. (sighs) So out of five Marlins, I would give it four. So four Marlins for Spider-Man into the spider Wizards. Uh Mr. Ant Pooh, I know you saw this movie. What would you think? Uh, are we doing spoilers? No. Uh, 
Well, I have to echo your sentiment with the, the, the visual aesthetics. I mean, this is, in my opinion, the best looking comic book film, period. They were doing the, the jump cuts. They had the thought bubbles. They had um, uh, these actual movements. There was just so much little details that was just you, you would pay attention in the background that was just going on. Like there was one scene where he threw a bagel and when it hit somebody, it didn't say that uh, boink or bang. Right. It said bagel on it. And then you were seeing them just swooping around how they would uh, look like they framed it like it was a comic book. All right. You know what happened there? We lost Aunt Pooh. We're going to get him back. But but yeah, like you said, there was so many details. Like even at the very beginning of the movie, when they, they show this crazy montage, but the first thing they show you is the comics code stamp comes right in the center of the screen. And I was like, okay. these, these They're not playing. they on some comic book. They know their comic stuff. And, and throughout, you see, they make reference to different covers. And like each character has this cool sort of thing where they go through their origin real quick and they'll show you a comic book and then they'll explain what, okay, let me tell you my story real quick. And then they go through this like flashback thing. It's very cleverly done. Almost kind of reminded me of um, the cat from Ant Pool. I mean, the Ant Pool. Hilarious. Ant-Man. Ant-Man, that one Hispanic guy when he would tell the story real quick. It kind of reminded me of that. But now you are back, sir. Your bill is paid. Let's you go ahead. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> the the thing that I, I liked about this is that all the characters had an opportunity to uh, to shine. Uh, I mean, even the women were represented well. I mean, I don't think there was anything that was problematic with any of the female characters. One of which this took me by surprise. Uh, I don't know if you saw it coming with that character, Mike. I sure did, and I was like, when it did pop off, I was like, oh, damn. They're going right there. And then with the, the scene with the uncle, there's deaths in this film. That's I mean, there's a uh, post-credit, and I believe it's Ammon and Wass, where they showed uh, um, Miles at the gravesite of Peter Parker. So that's not a spoiler. There's And there's stakes in this film. We don't know who's going to make it out, who's going to get back, who's going to survive. So just overall, the main thing I liked is they did in this one film which Sony has been trying for, what, six, seven years to build a Spider-Man cinematic universe. I mean, I don't know why Sony was saying we're going to go after the villains, we're going to make a Venom and Sinister Six and all at Craven movies. When you had, which uh, had in this film, which was shown, you got the other Spider-People. You got Spider-Gwen, you got Spider-Ham, which I think that's going to be their... Um, group in Rocket Raccoon, in my opinion, if they can properly merchandise that. You had Spider Noir, who was played by Nicolas Cage, which that was some brilliant ass casting on that. And he did the damn thing with that. He was literally in black and white. He literally could only see black and white. And that was kind of funny if you pay attention to all these little things. It's just so much details. The other one that was really dope to me was Aunt May. Aunt May was the rider of all riders. She was talking slick to people. There was, uh, they, there was some, uh, there was a battle in her home, and she's just like, "Can I just take this outside?" Like, <laughs> she sees there's an emotional moment where old Peter Parker sees Aunt May, and she's just like, "Damn, you look tired." And I felt that. <laughs> I really did. I was, I was like. Wow. And so I, I got to give my hat to how they did this, did, which I sh- when I uh, looked at the credits, I should have known that this was going to be a great film because this is the same people that did 
the Lego movie, which I absolutely love. It got robbed of an Oscar. And at the same time, it had me thinking like, damn, what if Lucas hadn't fired them? What kind of movie they could have made with Solo? So this is two thumbs up for me. It's in my top 10, maybe in my, maybe even in my top five. I know I should probably branch out and diversify the type of films I watch. And one, two, and three shouldn't be a comic book superhero movie. But damn it, those were three great comic book superhero movies this year. Yeah, man. Uh, Spider-Man. You know, you, you mentioned something, and, and it's very interesting. They were able to introduce all of these characters in this one movie, and it wasn't confusing. Like... I could understand Miles Morales. Of course, most people have a basic understanding of Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And then they throw in all these other ones in there. And I didn't know much about them, to be honest with you. You know, their stories. But what they gave me here, I was like, oh, okay. I get it. No problem. I know who's who. And, you know, the movie is structured around Miles. Obviously, he's the main guy. So he was Spider-Man. But... It was interesting that they were able to do that and there was no issues of understanding who was who and and they're all playing a, a version of Spider-Man. It makes me wonder, like, really, they would really have no problem. You get the right writer. Any of these movies could have these different characters and, you know, most you know, uh, common sense people, this is obviously written for kids, could understand the differences between these different characters. So I know it opens the, to me, this movie opens the door for a lot of things, but I, you know, I, I can't take anything away from the people who wrote this movie because obviously they knew their shit uh, and they knew how to tell a great story almost to the common dumb, not saying, I want to say dumbed down, but this movie plays to kids and adults. Yep. So it's, you know, it's very interesting. The only negative I will I have about this film is that when it was over, I thought it was done so good. I just said, why the fuck wasn't this a live action film? Because they really could have. I think live action, they could have done maybe a billion and a five. If I, I mean, I could be wrong because I, I thought Far From Home would do a billion. And at the same time, they would have created all of these live action characters that Sony can make. Uh, sequels to and branch off of. Well, I think, you know, the thing about something like that is because this movie also, you cannot deny the people who are actually the actors in this movie in terms of doing the voices and stuff. And I think that it may not, it'll play different. Obviously, if it's different, it would have to be different people actually physically playing those characters and what they bring to a role would probably be different than the inflections and the voices that you got from the people that were playing these guys. Uh, like like you said, Nicolas Cage. I, it would be interesting. I don't know if the real Nicolas Cage, if you would buy him, if you saw him in that. Uh, and I, I had to look it up, but this is the, was it Shamik Moore? It was the brother from that, was it The Get Out? Mm -hmm. The Get Down. The Get Down. I mean, he's the, he's the voice of Miles in this. And I, he, to me, he nailed that. Like, I didn't know that was him until I looked it up because I was like, this has to be a child or something. But I was like, damn, he did his thing, man. Like, he brought a lot to the role. You know what I'm saying? Even the, I know we talked about earlier, the voice of Peter Parker didn't think that would work. It worked perfectly in the actual movie, in context to what was going on. I, To me, I bought the whole, I mean, he didn't sound weird at all to me. I was like, this is an older dude. He's, you know, jaded to the game a little bit. He done went through a lot. I was, And he wasn't the focus. So I was like, I, I bought, you know, I just bought it all, man. Even uh, I didn't even catch his uh, character in this uh, 
what is his name? Mashahal Ali. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking just. My <laughs> <laughs> nah, I didn't. I didn't peep his voice in that either. But he was dope as that character too. Yeah, and it was, and it's like I should have known who he was gonna be because I know the backstory of uh, Miles Morales and who his uncle was. But when he popped up, I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna get interesting. And, and, yeah, and and that's the thing, another thing too. And we, we talked the differences of a live action. The way he now knowing who's voicing the character, when I was watching his uncle and the stuff and, and Miles together when they were in his apartment and stuff, to me that was the one of the dopest scenes because it was just like the older his OG uncle talking to him and he was real cool. He was like, you just put your hand on him. You go, hey, that whole scene I thought was <laughs> dope. Like and it played in the th- the theater. I saw people were laughing, and I'm like, this was a you know. A dude putting a kid up on game, how to talk to girls. It didn't even have to be in the movie, but it was to me, it was like that their voices and what they brought into it, the emotions of it. And then you just seeing like, you know, three dimensional CGI stuff. It worked perfectly. I don't know if it would have worked the same way if it was live action. You would have to find dope ass actors who could really, you know, portray that as well. They just did it through their voices. I thought they nailed that. So. Uh, man, that, that was, yeah, again, there's so many stars of this movie that it all comes together to make it a great-ass piece of work. But they, they nailed it, man. Um, any other things you want to bring up on this, questions or anything? Uh, no, nah, I'm good. I said my piece, top, easily top three, probably the greatest-looking uh, comic book superhero film of all time. All right, there you have it. I know they're going to have to have a sequel on this one, I, this I would imagine this movie would be successful. Well, we will see. Um, but go ahead. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Real quick, but the thing what they did good is like I actually want to see what happened to next for Old Man Spider Man. I want to see a uh, Spider Gwen world and how that popped off. Spider Noir. Um, I know they probably. I bet you more than likely the film they're gonna do next is Spider Ham, which I'll be so dis- disappointed by. But I mean. Damn, it's like, yeah, you you want to see another story from these people. So kudos. Yeah, and the person they bring at the end, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if they're just doing that for last, but I was like, ah, it'd be very interesting. Uh, that one had the theater <laughs> dying with laughter. <laughs> just going back. <laughs> yeah. yeah very, it's a very clever movie, it, particularly if you – are a fan of Spider-Man and comics, you'll look at a lot of, so many little things in it. You'll be like, oh, that was pretty dope. Okay. You know, the um, the reason I haven't seen it yet, or it came out, did it come out this weekend or last weekend? This weekend. Yeah, that would, typically, that would be a movie I would make time to go see despite what I had on my calendar. But um, I just, when I saw that Spider-Gwen and Spider-Ham was in it and listening to the voiceover actor who does Peter Parker, I, I was like, ah, that deflated me. I was like, ah, I don't even know if I want to go see this. But I'm hearing that it's a great film, despite that. Yeah, you're missing out because it's, uh, it's dope. They did a dope-ass job. All right. Uh, so the last show, we gave our top 10 movies of the year, among other things uh, that we did top 10s for. And there was a movie that I had not seen at the time of that recording. I actually saw it the same day, but it was just later that night. It was a, a little movie called Searching. And I sat and watched that, and I was like, 
whoa, I was just so many emotions that went through me after watching it because I, I was hot for a minute. I was feeling some kind of way as a father. You know, there's <laughs> a lot going on in this movie. And I, I, I went on online. I said, yo, got to check out this movie. Just, just trust me. Just watch it, you know. Uh, and I know that Big Sexy has seen this now. Aunt Pooh. I don't know if Q Storm has watched it. But I have not. Where uh, is it on Netflix? What is it on? No, you have to. I I rented it on Vudu. I imagine it's on you know whatever streaming service that you you know your choice. Uh, I guess the movie came out last year. It must have been either limited release or you know maybe just played in a few cities. I'm not sure. But after watching this movie, I literally have to go back and adjust my top ten. I don't know. I'll, I'll pull out. Equalizer 2. I really shouldn't have been up there anyway, but this movie goes in at least the top five. Like, it is, and what's the premise of the movie? Here's the thing I, I'm not going to spoil this movie because I think you have to watch it yourself. But the premise of it is a uh, father, his young daughter, she's in high school, she goes missing. And the whole movie takes place on like computer screens. FaceTime videos and things of that nature. Um, and basically what happens is the father has to try and backtrack the whereabouts of his daughter through her laptop. And during that, he realizes that he didn't really have as much a strong relationship with his daughter as he should have. And you can only imagine if you were able to, you know, crack somebody's password, you know, your child or something, they had the Internet and you go on and see what they're doing, you know, and you, you might see videos and different private things that they've written down and who's their contacts and stuff like that. And this movie, it's, I guess you would put it in a thriller category, but it is one of, it was a roller coaster ride. It is a movie that is, is going to make you cheer at the screen, be mad. And just, you know, and again, to me, at far as a dad, I was kind of like, he was like, whoa, okay. We got to tighten up our relationships with our kids. <laughs> because, you know, you know, they could be going through a lot of stuff. And now with this internet, there's so many different ways that kids can get into other things that we may not know about. Particularly if they're already dealing with stuff. And man, this was a heavy, this was a heavy movie, but it was dope as hell, man. It was you know, as I think back in there's not really too many things that I can call bullshit on in this movie, the things that happen. There's one thing that I thought was Hollywood, but I give it to him because if, if he didn't do this, the story couldn't really go forward. But uh, I, 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 can't, I give this movie like my highest recommendation, man. Like just a good ass fucking movie. I don't know why it's not getting and maybe it is getting a lot of praise. And I'm trying to remember how I heard about it. I kept always seeing it when I would flick through my movies and I said, yeah, okay, I remember that dude. And then I just said, let me look at the trailer. I looked at the trailer and I was like, yo, I got to watch this. Um, so anyway, I say go see it. And Pooh, what are your thoughts on searching? And, and we're not trying to spoil the movie. So. Oh, man. I know it's really tough. Good, I had a really good take on it. Well, I don't want, because Cube might see it and we'd ruin it if he knows what he's getting, you know, all the stuff. Uh, I first of all, fuck you. 
because <laughs> you made me you you hit me up on this movie and I I this movie brought out the bitch in me. I was tearing up many times watching this, you know, from the jump when, you know, because I have a little girl, you know, one years old. And I just can't imagine her just going missing and, you know, the the emotions that would go in that would just over uh, come over me where I'm trying to find out, is she alive? Is she gone? Did she run away? What did I do to push her away? Things of that nature. So that's what it, it brought out of me. And then, you know, he would get some hope thinking that he found some way to, to find her. And then he would be crushed. And then when he gets the one phone call he did not want to see, you know, it, it just brought out a ton of emotions. I can't go further than that without spoiling the ending, but they did a damn good job. Uh, I remember seeing this type of production done with uh, Modern Family where everything was done on a screen, whether it be a laptop, a cell phone, whatever. And they did it here really good, and they used the screen to really advance the narrative of the story, to move the plot along. And just like you, I really can't complain about anything uh, that was done. I know some people might complain about the ending, but what I say is, is that the film did such a great job of making you care about these characters so that when you get to that ending that you think, oh, this is typical Hollywood BS, it's like... At the end, I was like, yes, yes, you know, I, I care that this happened. That's about the best I can say without spoiling. <laughs> so this is this this moved into my top five once I saw it. Yeah, I'm going to go to Big Sexy next. I, I will say the thing I, can, I, I can't complain, I guess it would just be a different type of movie, say, if, if I had wrote it or if I was the, the lead dude, because there are certain points in this movie where it just, you know, certain things cross the line and it's over. I would have been, yeah, I can't even get into it, but just when certain people do certain stuff and it's about your kids and stuff, it's a wrap. There would be no time where they would ever let me be in the same vicinity of, of somebody else that I knew had something to do with it. It would be, it would be on, on site. It wouldn't even be, you know, standing around, you know, looking at them calmly. It would rush them, you know, savage so that would be the only difference because i had a few points in this movie i was like man yeah that cat right there done i would have rushed him at the door wouldn't even be no questions and that one part at the end wouldn't even be no walking in i rushed that right at the time you know so <laughs> and i'd have probably been in prison and then they would have been like well you didn't have to kill that one person well i ain't know all i know is they had some shit to do with it I'll take the L. I have to take my time then because I ain't playing around with this stuff. But Big Sexy, man, what did you think of this movie? Well, you know, you, Michael Dean, have a pretty stellar track record of calling out suggestions and they've been coming through. You know, again, this one came through and since we are not spoiling it, Again, all I can say is I can just uh, co-sign what you and Ant said. As a parental person, you think you have that type of close relationship. I mean, I mean, obviously there are things that young women especially aren't going to tell dad. That's just the way it is. But then you learn about things that you question. And on the surface, you think, oh, someone has to die behind this. Literally. And then you look deeper, and it's like, I didn't know. 
Mm. You know, I thought we were close. I thought she could share this with me. And the, I, I want to change up a bit. The actor, John Cho, he has come a long way from being that guy in Harold and Kumar. Oh, you that's know? right. That is him. <clears throat> he has done the work. He has become a serious actor. Now, I know a lot of people lately, and for valid reason in a lot of circles, have been talking about the the lack of Asian Asian and Asian American leading men and women, he's one of them. He needs to get more roles. He's great. He really carried this movie. And the way the movie was shot, you know, it was all on the computer screens and FaceTimes and MapQuest and all these different things. And that director, I, I don't throw this word around, but that director's a genius. I never would have thought of that. And the way they put it all together, the woman who played the cop, I didn't recognize her as Deborah Messing until the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. And again, since we are not spoiling, (laughs) this movie takes you on, and here comes a cliche, emotional roller coaster. It does. You'll be talking to the screen. (laughs) You'll be yelling at the screen. And... It is easily one of the top films of the year. Now, for a, I guess, independent slash low budget, whatever, this movie should have gotten a wide release. It's it's that good. It really is. Yeah. We just want to say real quick, we're talking about, you know, the way the movie is presented to us. I thought it was so dope, that very beginning. It's not a spoiler. Just how they show, like, that early window screen and just the progression, yep. how things yep. in tech kind of went forward and you saw his family move forward i was like man this movie is detailed with it and i was like I, I respected that i was like damn okay i remember that oh uh, yeah you know it was, that's, i just thought that was so tight man like it was dope i think Aunt, you gonna say something damn it i forgot what i was gonna say that's <laughs> <how it goes. laughs> yeah i so oh, want to remember oh go ahead, go ahead yeah i was the thing was they did all of that on a one million dollar budget Really? And, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and wow. Made, and it made seventy million, so they got their money. Oh my god! They yeah. made seventy million with this. Yeah, yeah. This this must have came out in the theaters. I, God, how did they miss this? Yeah, it came out around the time of uh, Crazy Rich Asians, so they were both big up in the uh, fact um, they had these two films out there. Interesting. Damn, they did this for a million. See, this is an example of just straight. You know, raw talent. You don't need all that other shit. Like the way this was written. First of all, the the writing of the story. I, I thought that, there was a moment where I thought I figured this movie out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when it does something, I was like, "Oh shit! Hello, this is some shit." I was like, "Okay, yeah." I was like, so I had to tip my hat. So I mean, just the writing, the way they pasted alone. This proves that dope writing and storytelling, you don't need all this other stuff. I, I, listen, if I was DC or Marvel, one of these big, I mean, they're already killing it already. But go and get get these guys, man. Go Whoever directed this or wrote this, ho, at least talk to them because yeah. this dude, whoever, a lady, whatever, mad talented. Like, they can do this with a million? Shit. Man, they killed it. They killed that. And the thing was the deliberate misdirections. 
Because like you said, you, you think you have it figured out, they just change it up. And at least when they do change it up, you don't feel like, oh, that, that was whack. Right. You know, it just took it over, took it over. Then when you get to the final conclusion, which I wish I could talk about because I have a really good take that I think Mike would be like, oh, <laughs> it, it was it was done good. It was really done good. Interesting. But yeah, if that ain't sold you enough on it, go go watch this movie. I guarantee you, you're going to enjoy it you're gonna feel some kind of way and not gonna be like oh this was some bullshit um only a only i can't even say a haters hater would hate this is you, you can't i mean it is a particular type of movie and they do it to the hilt you know uh it's dope so searching yeah excellent i got the same vibe off this like i did with train to busan Mm. You know, I mean, completely different movies, obviously. I hear, okay. I hear what you're saying. Hey, hey, come on now, wait a minute. It, it's <laughs> on, it, it, and it's, and it's, it's, it's like I see exactly what you're saying. Now, go ahead. It's overselling. You're overselling it a little bit now. No, he's, not. he's not. He's oh, not. Okay. Not okay, Q. You know, watch it and then get back to me. I, I, but then I don't want to build up his expectations too much, <clears throat> but you have to see this movie. Well, you know, I'm gonna have to give Easy News the boot because I just went on there and typed in searching. And hit search, and I got strip search porn video spank bang. Okay. And he's like, save for later. But he's like, this ain't worth <laughs> No, this movie is worth your, your dollars. This is this is worth money for, for sure. I mean, okay. This is worth I guess I, I, I seven guess I got to buy it. Or buy yeah, it. you got to rent it for, I think I rented or, it for $4.99 or something. It's, it's worth well more than that. It's on iTunes for five ninety nine. There, there you go. You you got that. You balling. <laughs> okay. I tell you what, you don't like the movie, I'll pay you the five ninety nine. Yeah, come on, Negro. Don't, don't, how don't about that? You. Yeah, okay. I know how that's gonna go. <laughs> All right. All right. But yeah, searching. Definitely go search for it. Check it out. All right, man. Um oh let's talk about this. I and I haven't seen the latest episode, but Titans is yes. uh, they they've released their season finale trailer, and whoa! I, I they going there? It, it basically billing it as Robin versus Batman, and through the whole season, you know, you sort of get this thing that there's something going on with Batman and and Robin. Of course, Robin has left, and Robin's beating the shit out of people. And he's talking about you know turning into batman or i'm getting too angry or whatever it looks like they're now they are going to address that and they released a trailer for this the last episode and man all i all i say this i know Zack snyder sitting somewhere looking like y'all niggas ain't shit <laughs> Because in this trailer, they insinuate that not Batman is killing cats like hard. I mean, they show a, a scene of a morgue and it's just bodies in there. And Robin's like, this was a slaughter. And you see like Joker face down in a car. He got thrown off a building or something. Two-Face got blood on his hand. Uh, <clears throat> apparently Batman and went ham. He just like, fuck this shit. I'm tired of dealing with these people. I'm taking these cats out, and I I can't wait to see it, man. I have to t- like I said, tip my hat to, to Titans. It was a surprise. 
for me, it was a surprise, surprise TV series of this year because I didn't think it was going to really be about nothing. I was like, oh, let me check it out. You know, it's going to be on some CW or. Yep. Man, they, they, it's a particular tone and they do it very well. So far for me, just about every episode has been on point. I thought that the episode from last week, which was a flashback to Hawk and Dove's origin, I had purposely not watched that because I was like, ah, I want to see what's going to happen next with Starfire. And then, you know, they kind of leave on a cliffhanger with that. And I'm like, I don't want to see that shit. You know, I watched it last night. That shit was crazy. Trying to tell Hella you. crazy. <laughs> it was Trying on some Dudley from different strokes crazy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, is this what was going on? But it, I, I was like, this is an origin story right here, man. Dope. And now I know I still got one more episode I can watch. And then I see the Did trailer. Did you say origin or orgy story? Ah, ching ching. Good, good call there. But no, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he threw me for a loop. But no, so they released this trailer for the, the last one. And I'm just like, man, they they knocked this season out of the park, man. Um, actually, I'm going to ask Q because I don't think you've seen the shows yet, but I think you've seen the trailer. What, what did you think about it? That good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think Q was on this easy news. <laughs> yeah, he got caught up in that <laughs> spank video, whatever the fuck you <laughs> Well, we'll let him finish with that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> big sex. I'm back. Actually, oh, I'm you don't. You done that quick. All right. I, I was on the phone with someone because uh, I wasn't contributing nothing. What was your uh, question? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was asking. I said you haven't seen. And, and, and now, uh, let me. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead, say it. what. <laughs> now they don't do this on white podcasts, but anyway. Um, did, what did, so you haven't seen <laughs> you haven't seen the Titan show, but I think you've seen this trailer. I was wanting to get your thoughts on. It. Well, I think I put it in the uh, the chat. I'm like, shit. How much does it cost? DC Universe to stream? Because <laughs> uh, I might have to get that. That trailer was that trailer was crazy. Uh, I mean, I know Batman is probably being set up or framed. That's what I would guess. Because you know, I don't believe he's killing people. But man, uh, I, I have to say it. Even even the 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 actress I was clowning that's playing Starfire, she didn't look anything like Starfire. But that quick shot of her, she looked like a cool superhero. So, uh, and I've heard from from the other camp over at Afroner, none of them have anything. Well, Afroner likes it, but the rest of the crew, they're not feeling it. So I was like, oh okay, I'm not gonna check it out. Then I saw that trailer. I'm like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. Somebody's telling me somebody is off. And looking at that trailer. I think the Afro crew don't know what they're talking about because that shit look good. <laughs> well, I think for some, I would probably say super hardcore, close-minded comic enthusiasts could see this and be like, that's not the true purist. portrayal of the yeah, characters. You know, it's the, the tone is it's too hardcore. Again, to me, this is very much in, in line with Zack Snyder sort of representation was very, this is even more brutal actually in this. And even in, I go back to that Hank Hawk and Dove flashback episode. They didn't said the F word in that episode probably more times than they said in this whole season. It was like every other, man, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. I was like, damn, okay, fuck. I was like, I get it. But 
So I could see how a hardcore person might be like, this is not the true, this is not the true essence of the character, you know. Marv Wolfman, he didn't come up with it. So I, so I understand that, but anyway. Big Sexy. Now, you are a hardcore comic enthusiast, if I said the word, but you're not a close-minded one. I mean, you, you can see why this is good, right? I can see why it's great. Ooh, okay. You know, um, and we're not going to talk about last night's episode because we haven't seen it yet. But looking at um, the Hawk and, Duck, Hawk and Dove origin story, you know, the way they did it, because at first I was a little concerned. I'm like, oh, they took the easy way out and start off with the female Dove. No, they didn't. And they set it up nicely. And for Q, there was a cameo in last week's episode because the woman who played Dove's mom was someone we talked about today, Marina Sirtis from Star Trek. I thought I recognized that lady from Star Trek. That's who that was. Okay, I, I knew I knew her from something. I was like, why does she seem so familiar? Well, I, I gotta ask a question: Is she is she packing like she was in that photo? No, no, no. She's she's playing mom. They're, they're not on display. <laughs> oh, wow. No. Okay. You know, and Dove is fine, and apparently. Robin, Dick Grayson, and Dove have a little something Robin. because she make, making a reference hey, to that. Robin gets he? it in, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robin does what he does. Yeah, Robin does. He, he looks so soft on the trailer. Yeah, Robin was, he ain't no joke, man. Robin lets you know who he is the first 20 seconds of the first episode. Yeah. You know what's going on with him. He ain't that dude, man. And, and going back to that Hawk and Dove, there was, the one part in that episode where they were just standing in a room, him and that girl, she just started stripping down. I was like, I was like, okay. Oh, we're doing this now? Yeah, okay. Like, this, this superhero show is for real. <laughs> Get his thing on, man. Yeah, Do what you I was like, okay. Yeah, I like the part. She was a rider. He was like, you were never here. And she was like, yes, I was. And then closed the door. I was like, oh, oh, it's about to go down now. <laughs> yeah, he had to get got, man. That guy had to get dealt with. But I liked, you know, the, the dynamic of the brothers, you know, and that part where they were at, oh God, they were at the library and they're just cooling. And one starts talking to the, to the little brother. And generally when you have a situation like that, the big brother usually just, Handles it. Little brother, like, no, I got this. And they proceed to just whip ass, and they get jammed up. Little brother's like, I know we're, susp- I know we're expelled. That's fine, but fuck y'all. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna end next, but just that when they when they show the first part where they're little kids, and they show the little biracial boy in the st- <laughs> in the stands, he was like, yeah. Whatever this guy's name. That's my brother. Yeah, hey. See, I didn't catch him say brother, so I didn't know his relationship. And I was like, I didn't. I don't know anything about these characters. I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw the way the coach looked at him, and I was like, man, the coach is a hater. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Yep. And I thought it was on some racial type shit at first. I thought that that was his son or something, the the football player, right? And then they showed the coach talking to the little boy, little black boy. And, you know, the, the white kid walk up on him. And I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. 
I thought maybe coach, I don't want your black ass to around him. You know, I was like, it's like, wow, what's what's going on? But then as I started really peeping the vibe, I was like, yo, this isn't good, man. Like, Mm-mm. I was like, this motherfucker. And I was like watching him. And then when you know what's, what's really at stake, and I was like, wow. Just hearing the adult, what he was saying and stuff. And I was like, damn, this motherfucker is nasty. I hate motherfuckers like that. And then it was like, I'll take it. When he was like, I basically I'm I'll stand in for you type of t- I was like, yo, man, this isn't good, man. I was like, this is on some Dudley. This is some shit, man. I was like, and I was sitting there watching. I was like, okay. It made me understand that first part of the show, I think when they were in the superhero garb and they was running up on that person. I was like, damn, man, this shit is kind of dark, man. <sighs> Yeah, I had to I had to watch it uh, a second time because I was trying to peep what was going on here, and I'm like, oh, and then I had to go back and see how he was picking up on that they were brothers, and I'm just like, that's just foul that shit. Yeah, man. But I know I'm gonna get clout from this from you and uh, Mark, but <laughs> I'm to me some of these, these episodes are hit or miss. You know, I really like the uh, what was the uh, the episode with the. Uh, the, the, is it Doom Patrol? I yeah. really like yeah. that mm-hmm. episode. I think I think I've liked maybe I really liked four episodes and some of the other four. I I was like, yeah, this is you know this isn't. I'm really not feeling it. The Jason Todd episode I felt was underwhelming, uh, but overall it's still it's a high mark. But I'm just saying, not every episode is hidden for me. Okay, I can respect that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I can respect that, um, but yeah. Uh, there's definitely this this series has been a surprise. Um, they have the balls to just go ahead and put Batman on the screen. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm see, I'm half expecting. I'm just waiting for a cop out. Like, are they not gonna really show him? But they kind of showing him in the trailer. So I mean, if they just full on show Batman to me, to me, then that's like, well, fuck it. I, I'll watch a Batman TV series if done properly. Like. If it has this tone, I'm curious to see what what they would do with it. Uh, and I have no problem with it. So I, I, I'm glad that they were sort of bringing these characters to the small screen. And even sort of want to jump over to talk about the Arrow uh, Flash, you know, crossover thing. Uh, I did see the first episode in that three-parter. I haven't seen the other two yet. <clears throat> but I think it's cool that they do these types of things, you know, on TV. Uh, the, the, the first one I saw that was on the Flash. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it's I would for me that show. It's not. It's written different than most of the shows that I like to watch. So it's kind of to me more formulaic by the numbers. But I understood. But it was still good to me. I was like, yeah, okay. They got Arrow in there and he's throwing a little jokes and stuff. And you know, this is a TV show. I don't expect it effects to be on some movie shit but they handled it very well and within the confines of it being on this tv i thought it was cool only thing i don't really care for i'm not saying he does a bad job but the guy that they have playing superman i don't know there's just something about it. he just doesn't project superman to me uh it just seems like they got some dude in the costume yeah. he's not really i mean i don't know it's just something about him i don't think his stature doesn't demand sort of the or exude, I can't even. Uh, he doesn't project. Exude. Say it again. Exude. 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 He exude this sort of persona that you would think of Superman. 
but I don't hate him either. But it's just that's the only thing I he may be a little miscast. But other than that, I I, I enjoyed it. I haven't watched the other three, but I, I don't think Q, you've seen them all, haven't you? Yeah, and I I agree with you 100 percent about the the actor's name is Tyler Hecklin. I think his name is. Okay. Uh, I like I like his evil Superman more than I like his Superman. Because the evil Superman, what it proved to me was that the guy can portray a superhero who commands the screen because his evil Superman did that. Mm. His regular Superman is like, like you said, it's like any typical millennial who lives in Portland and just shaved off his man doesn't. He doesn't stand out at all. He looks like, like all the characters look rather young. I mean, Barry Allen looks like a like a kid and you know uh was it arrow he looks a little bit older but i mean they all come off as youngsters per se mm-hmm. and he superman when superman walks into the room all eyes turn on him that's what he's supposed to do and this guy does not do that but but overall dc as much as i might clown them and most people clown them on their movie properties they got the tv on lockdown i mean Flash was a little corny this season, but this crossover thing, just like the the previous crossover, that shit was dope, man. I I mean, I was all into it. I was some of the the way they the special effects and everything. I'm amazed at how they pull this off for a TV show, for TV shows. Yeah, now I may be mistaken. Do all of those three of those shows are on the same network? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow. And Legends of Tomorrow, and what I, I thought it was odd that they did not include Legends of Tomorrow in the uh, crossover. Yeah, well, isn't, didn't Supergirl was not originally on CW, was she? No, she was. Uh, okay, that's what uh, ABC was it? CBS. CBS. Uh, okay, okay. All right. Um, did anybody else see the crossover? What was it called? It was a Crisis, or it was uh, oh, Elseworlds. Uh, Elseworlds. Elseworlds yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, I watched it. What do you think, Ant? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first two. The Supergirl episode lost me. Uh, I just, I just wasn't feeling. I just one. I don't really watch Supergirl anymore. They kind of lost me. Period. As a viewer on that, and you know, the characters. I'm just over. I, I, the only CWDC show I watch now is Flash, Arrow, Long in the Tooth, and they, they lost me with the Rachel Gould thing. But with this one. I like the story. I like that it's building to, I mean, it's not much of a spoiler. It's at the end of the show, they said coming fall 2019 crisis, so infinite earth. Um, so I, one, I was kind of confused because this guy, uh, the monitor, he reminded me of Vandal Savage. And I was like, wait a minute, which is going on here? But overall, I love the fact that they had uh, Barry and Oliver in each other's body. Uh, Iris having her emotional breakdown once again about don't go too dark. But and but to me, the highlight of the entire thing was uh, Barry setting up Oliver to get shot in the back with the arrows. So overall, it was cool, but I'm they're losing me as a viewer with those other shows except for Flash. Oh, and uh, can I say one other thing? Yeah. Well, a couple other things. Batwoman. Oh, yeah. Dope. How was that? How was that? Fucking dope. I, now, I didn't like. I'm not gonna say I didn't like. She was a little too butch for me. I know she's gay and all that. That's fine. Wow. She was a little bit too butch, and too butch. she just looked nasty with with the tattoos a and everything. Too black. Wow, he's a little too Negro for me. I mean, I know he's black, but, but 
But <laughs> what? Bat Batwoman. That should. I, you know what? If they didn't do a Batman and just did her, I'm good. She she killed she killed that. Uh, I also like they had a lot of callbacks um, in the Supergirl episode. They had callbacks to um, the 1977 Superman. They had callback to Superman two. Superman 2 Donner Cut and callbacks to Superman 3, and I, I enjoyed all that. Okay. Have to check that out. Uh, Big Sexy, did you watch any of it? No, because <laughs> yeah. I don't like those shows. Wow. I think they have been too... Again, I'm open to try again. I think they have just been too co-opted by the CW formula and presentation and again, like with Flash, all these extra characters, no, no, I just don't like it. All right. Well, can I? Oh, uh, I just. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you got it. Go ahead. I I understand where Big Sexy is coming from. It, it is it, the CW. It has that teen angst type of thing attitude. Yes. But you know, if it's done well, I can live with it. Um, it seems like in every episode they have in a contract, whether it's I don't watch Legends, so with Flash uh, and Supergirl, even Black Lightning, uh, they have in the contract of every one of these shows, we have to have one moment of introspection where they, they talk about how their lives are so put upon. It seems like there's always a scene like that. And I'm like, okay, let's move this along. Let's move this along with the teen millennial bullshit. And then, but when they get past that, I think this shit is dope. Now, you, you brought up Black Lightning. He, is, he, is he not a part of this universe or something? Is it different? DC. Well, you know, he was not included in this um in the Elseworlds. I don't know I don't know why not. That would have that would have been great to see him included. What channel does that or network does that one come on? It's on CW. Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Now I will give I think it was Supergirl, I'll give them this. When they did this Legion of Superheroes thing last year, I like that. You know, because the chick playing Saturn Girl, fine. I'm surprised but, you say that because what they've done to Brainiac, I think that's the character Brainiac. Brainiac Five, yeah. It's kind of stupid, but I mean, I'm I'm accepting him as a character. You know, and again, and I'm, it's also unfair on my part because now that I'm so vested in Titans, I know they can do better. I know this, but again, when you have that limitation. And restrictions you have of being on CW and Q hit it perfectly. You must have a certain, you know, amount of teen angst. It's like watching The Breakfast Club. It makes me, I just can't watch it. It's, it's drivel. All right. All right. Um, yeah, so definitely uh, check out the CW programs. I will get around to watching the other two episodes. It's so funny. I last The last crossover, I bought the first one of whatever show that was and i never watched the other two <laughs> and now i've bought the first one of this I, I, i'm gonna have to buy the other two to watch it but now i may watch the next one next year for crisis on infinite earth just either to really like it or to really hate it i can't see myself being neutral on that watch it really i will i will hate watch it because crisis on infinite earth is a seminal piece of work and if they fuck it up I will let them know. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be adapted. They're going to adapt it. So it's not going to be... It's like uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War. They have to adapt it to fit it on the screen, you know? 
Yeah, about <laughs> crisis being a similar word. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're about to throw down. That's a no for me. (laughs) Did you you read Crisis? Yes, I read that long, overwrought piece of drivel. Yes. Oh, man. Okay, at some point, I don't know if we're going to, I don't think we can get into it today, but we're going to have to have it out about, you know, multi-part event crossovers because that's one of the best ones to ever do it. Squadron Supreme for me. I mean the first one in '85 with that yep. one. Yep. Oh, now granted they are a knockoff of the GLA, which I didn't know at the time. I love Squadron. I thought it was great. Still read it to this day. Still reread it. But but Crisis was great, man. You, you tripping? You think they would have the balls to open the door to pull uh, like either some of the Titans characters over? Ooh. Or even really go out out the gate and somehow tie into the movies. Well, since they have two people playing two different flashes, I don't see them doing that. Hmm. Which is just stupid. Yeah, but well. you know, with Titans and we got Batman coming up, I don't think we're going to be seeing um, what's his face in the bat suit, uh, Affleck. All right. Right, right. Okay, Q, you say you got to run out? Yep, I got to go do the family thing. Oh, that's right, Q's man. You got to go caroling. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, have a good one, man. We appreciate you coming through. All right, you got it. Later. All right. Joy to the world. Q's going to sing. <laughs> well, since Q isn't here, let's go back to searching real quick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And, and do a little spoiled conversation. I want to hear what, Aunt, you said you had a take on something. Okay. Here, here's my take on this movie. It showed uh, the male-female, the father-mother dynamic. Now, traditionally, what happens is, is we, I've heard it many times, women are too emotional. They, they act with their emotions. Men are logical. We're reason. We, look, we uh, think things through. However, if you saw that movie... When his daughter went missing, what did the father do? Go emotional. And I get it. That's, you know, we can give him a pass on that. You know, he was going in emotional when he went to go confront his brother. He went, he, he was a little logical, but he didn't keep it going. When he, uh, when he saw the, uh, that dude that was talking about, oh, I was smashing her last night, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he went emotional and went to the, found, tracked him down and got into an argument and beat, yeah. beat him up. Now, you know, which at the same point, me, you, and uh, Mark are all saying, yeah, that's what, that's what you, that's how you handle that. But we can all admit that's emotional. Now, we were going to say, and we probably have to backtrack a little bit as far as how the story goes, um, Deborah Mess's character, that's the mother of the son that ended up putting all of this in motion. During the same... It's a different but similar situations in the fact that they both got children that are in uh, traumatic situations. When she got that call from her son, she didn't get emotional. Hmm. She was logical. She was like, yep. hmm, okay, how am I going to figure this out? Okay, is she dead or not? Well, we don't think she's dead. And this is what we're going to do. She went logical. She found the alibi. She got on the case. She covered up all his tracks. She stayed in on cold. I'm not in cold. I'm sorry. <laughs> she stayed. She's on cold for her family. <laughs> 
she stayed on track with the case to make sure it did not get back to her son. And even when there was a when uh they he found the Pokemon thing in the in the woods, she didn't get emotional. She was like, "Okay, where you at?" Okay, and uh, my theory was that she was going to the woods to kill old boy because she's like, damn, now now I got to uh, figure out another way how to cover this up. She found someone to take the uh, to be the scapegoat, to uh, take the blame for the uh, for the death of this girl, even though she didn't even know if she was alive. And then she took him out. So it was just to me, it was just like they were showing that mother father dynamic that when the shit really gets the fan, who gets emotional? The man. Who gets logical and puts plans in place? The woman. And I'm going to say that's very interesting. The only thing I could push back on that to say is that I'm curious, though, what her actions would have been if her son was missing. Mm-hmm. As point. opposed to it being something where I have to save my son. You know, that's the only thing I, I see the difference is like he's they're coming from it from a different angle. One is reactionary and one is, you know, putting things out there to, to protect somebody. Because for me, the dad, you know, he was doing all this detective work and doing all these things. And every part that he was emotional with, I wrote for that. You know, in certain instances, I would have been even more emotional than I guess if you were to say, because, you know, let's talk about the brother for a second. I got to get into this cat. So I, when I said I thought I figured the movie out, because I remember when I'm watching the movie and I... Early on, when he's he has the conversations with his brother over the the video thing, and his brother's asking about the recipe for whatever that stuff he was cooking. The way his brother got off the phone with him, and his brother was gonna say something. It was kind of like you talked to your daughter yet or something, and then he's like, "Oh man, I gotta go. Somebody's at the door." I was I was always thinking in my mind something was something up with that. Like why would they show us that? You know, they're showing that something the brother has something he wanted to tell tell him and then he all of a sudden has to go they never really show us who was at his door and they don't really explain what that relationship was and as the movie started going i started thinking you know what i bet you the brother did it and then of course when it gets to that where you think that that's actually about to happen see my thing with the brother was this and and my man he was putting those cameras up in there like oh i'm gonna get proof and all i was like damn the cameras Right when you figured out that your brother was holding back information, that to me, I would have just, right when he got to the door, hey, hey, yo, come clean, homie. You got 30 seconds. Tell me what the fuck is going on. Or that's it. You know what I'm saying? It's going down. Because we're not, you're dealing with my kid, you're my daughter. Like, and I know you, you got something. You holding back? It's a wrap. And see, we the, for some people, that dude, I'm mean, getting emotional thinking about but homie was playing games because for some people, even just the thought of, oh, you have something to do with my kids or something, they would have watched him right there without even explanation. And then how the police was calling him, like, oh, we got him. Then he would have been the type of dude like, damn, I done murdered this cat. And he didn't really do it. But see, the thing is to me, that's why you don't play around with people who's in the children's situation like that because... He don't know that, you know, he's on some, he's, he's on, he's emotional. Like you said, he's not thinking rational. He's on his protection thing. And, oh, you have something to do with my daughter being abducted. You either going to answer for it or you going to answer for it. You feel you see what I'm saying? And ain't got no time to be playing no games. Oh, she was nervous. Talk. Nah, homeboy. See, to me, even on 
on a brother code, even really a man dealing with somebody's kids, even if you had that relationship with my daughter or your niece and she was able to be comfortable, you supposed to get at me and say, hey, man, you know, your daughter, she got some shit she needed to, to tell you. Da, da, da. This is what's going on, homeboy. She don't feel comfortable, but we as men, you my brother. Yo, you need to go holler at her ASAP. You know, she's already dealing with, you know, your wife passing. You're not supposed to be, as he said, smoking her out. When he said, oh, I'm just smoking her out, I would have smacked the shit out of him right there. Nigga, are you crazy? <laughs> the fuck are you talking to? You did what? Like, that would have been over. And even if I realized he didn't have nothing to do with her being, he would have been canceled forever. I was like, don't even call me, homie. You done. If you even come over here, it's a problem. He would have, I let me get up out of here. I was so hot over that character. <laughs> I was like, this is, sometimes I was like, this is, that's one of the cases they talk about your real family. He would have been washed just on GP. Like, you don't smoke out my daughter, nigga. She going, what's, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, just, I, that's just, I had me hot when I was watching it. And then going back to the, to the mother. Now she was on coke. She was diabolical. She was on her no emotion, straight work. And, you know, yep. she, she was a, a villain, a villain's villain. Like, I, I understand what she's doing. She was wrong. But I, again, when he realized what was popping off and then he got to the church, I, that was the only part I would say was a little Hollywood because ain't no way in hell the cops would have just let you walk up in there to what, point her out or something? Like, it didn't make no sense to me. Or were they on their way or something? Because I would have been like, yo, Right when I saw, I would have ran down that aisle. And they'd have been, what are you doing? I'm, Bitch, I'm beating there. Hey, oh, you ain't hit a woman? Oh, that's out the window. Oh, that's I out was the window. Already, I'd be gone so far gone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're in a church. I don't give a fuck. They would have had to say, go on and lock me up because they're going to have to, well, when Cube say, get the cops, something. They're going to have to come and get me off your ass. That's how I'm going. Because, yeah, it would have <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a rap right there in the pews going down. But uh but man, ah, oh, that movie, man, it, it got me emotional. just I'm sweating even thinking about it, man. It was such a head buster in the, the things that was going on, man, and just like you don't know. You know, the whole cat with the dude that was the um he said he, you know, he uh, confessed to it. I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Man, that's this is horrible. Like we can't have our kids can't be on these chat rooms. You know, they're getting catfish." And then when you realize that that's not what happened, I, was, I didn't know what to think. My head was spinning. I was like, ah, what's going on, man? Oh, let me, I'm going to let somebody else speak. But but my man at the, uh, one of the greatest scenes in the movie was the pull-up scene at the movie theater. Little boy online talking greasy. Yeah, you know, money for her pimp, you know, better than that. I was like, I was like, oh, he's controlling. But my man was like, location, <laughs> such and such cinemas. I was Let's go like, get him. Yeah, I was like, yeah, rush that nigga. <laughs> Somebody was filming it. And I just wish they could hear it. Talk shit now, homie. You was popping off a lot of shit. In the, hey, uh, hey, man, you, I ain't got to say nothing to you. I was like, and he started whooping on. I was like, yeah, that's right. Respect your jaw. And he's like, I'm going to have to take you off the case here. You broke his jaw. I was like, yeah, that's right. So I was like, that, that'd be a mime, some a, a meme or something somewhere. Because I was like, this is classic. Talking shit online. Then you have to pay the cost. 
and they come and see you and dads put the smack down. I, I love that, man. You know, that's what dad is supposed to do. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with that because I've done the same thing. Yeah, man, he was talking talking crazy. I, and, you, and there's cats like that. That's the real F boys. And then, you know, what it touched on clout chasing. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, in, yes. You know, yes. the one little girl, oh, well, we're such good friends. I just didn't know. It was, I was like, this bitch is lying. <laughs> I was like, this how they be doing, though. Act like they was all. Oh, we were so good friends. And I, they were showing all her little views and likes going up. I was like, wow. Everybody, they get on that clout chasing, trying to get that hashtag. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. Yeah. Hashtag uh, that whipped my ass. That's the hashtag. <laughs> but yeah, uh, one of the things that I was alluding to and I was saying at the ending is that, you know, we find out that, spoiler, 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 we find out that the mother, Deborah Messon's character, um, she left her down at the cliff. And he's like, well, it's been five days. There's no way she could survive. And then the father, he figured out that, I, I, I forgot what, how that went about, but he's like, she may still be alive. There so was a rainstorm. Yeah. That's right, right. <laughs> so she's so, down there five days with no water? Like, uh-uh, two days with no water. So there was a rainstorm. Let's go over there and get her. So they uh so they went and saved her, and normally you, most people call BS on that because right, right. it's like oh come on, but the thing was is that this film got you so emotionally invested in that family, from the jump they rip your heart out. He finds this true love, they get married, they have a family. Mom's dead. You see him dealing with not only you know he you can see he's still struggling with the death of his wife, but now his daughter's missing. And then we like I said we got the phone call where the, they say that we uh, that she's dead. So when you find out that she's alive, you it earned that in my exactly. opinion. It earned us saying okay yeah yes yes please because you did because you really didn't want this film to end with this man lost his wife and his daughter. So I was I was really happy with that. I, I, again, I know some people would probably call it BS on that, but the film earned that ending. I agree. Ending. I agree. Any other uh, weaker film, you would call bullshit, and it was ah, this is ah, here we go. But yeah, you're right. It earned every little thing, and so that you needed that. But we, as the audience, we needed that because, like you said, we couldn't. It couldn't end the other way. It'd been just too much. We'd already been through too much watching this. We needed that, man. And it was like, oh, thank God. This is, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, like, the cold way when they had her in that interrogation, she she was just cold with it, like, yeah, this is what happened. I went about doing this. And you just looking at her like, damn, she has no emotion for which she, she essentially put this man through even more hell. And just the way she described it, you just like, damn, it's a cold-ass woman. See, now I'm going to Go ahead, go ahead. I'll just say the heart, the, the worst part about that is while the mom is going to be thrown under the prison, the son gets a walk. Mm. Because what did he really do here? That's true. He didn't really do anything. I mean, he, he did tell his mom, right? He told, he told his mom, and mom took over and did all the dirt. He didn't hide anybody, he did what mom told him to do. You know, if anything, they can get on like an assault, maybe negligence, but he's not going to prison for attempted murder. No. That's where mom will be. Well, I'll tell you one thing after I, it was over, what I said, I was watching the story. I said, the moment I, all this happened, 
I'd be on the phone with Big Sexy. Like, yo, let's take these motherfuckers down, man. The cops, the, the, that police department, I, I would've, they would have had to name that motherfucker after me. Because uh, I don't know how they had this bitch as a detective <laughs> running and, and all this all this shit. Oh, man, I would have went at them heavy. Like, you mother. Woo. I was hot about the cops in this movie. Well, let me jump into conspiracies, brother. He going to say something real quick. Now you, uh, what? Now you see uh, what this movie does show you. It's white, white mommy always sunk cold because she did whatever she had to do protect her son and what's his name Donnie Yen John Cho this is not Michael Dean talk I'm in character wow see how, see how they do ya and they had the cops who was on cold with her so this is a, this is a wake up call movie too Anyway, I'm done. Go ahead. The thing that, that when he started, uh, when he started doing investigative work on that picture, and she saw that it was the same picture as the uh, the mortuary, I guess. Mm-hmm. I started thinking that the cop was working with the mortuary. They were just randomly killing people so they could sell, uh, <laughs> they could sell these uh, memorial services. I mean, hey, I'm sorry, that's where my head went. I was like, this. You was, was on like, some. You was thinking on some Tyler Perry or one of these No Good Deeds type <laughs> movies. <laughs> no, because that's the first thing that came to my head. Like, wait a minute, why they got the same picture? I like you don't. T- I was like, you don't mean to tell me they get just killing folks out here so they could sell uh, funerals. <laughs> I'm like this is a cold ass world. And he's, and, he's, and 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 there's probably some movies where that would have you know they would have went that way right like you know it's kind of <laughs> B B horror movie thrillers. Uh man, I see. I, and I started thinking it was some catfish or maybe it was the chick. You know the girl she was supposedly communicating with the other girl that what was her name cupcake Hannah Hannah something. Yeah, we had, she had a weird screen name. I think she did. It was like ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. I, I started thinking, oh, she's actually with that chick. And then he, like, and then he got on the, he tracked down the model. <laughs> Where is it? She's like, excuse me? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I'm a model. <laughs> I was like, this movie is crazy. But it was like when you get into a situation, you just don't know. Anybody can get it. He's just frantic with it. And he's, you know you have something to do with it. Yo, what? <laughs> huh? Talk to my agent. What are you talking about, man? He's like, I just post for a yeah, picture. I just, I'm in the pictures. I ain't the motherfucker. <laughs> I ain't the one flipping the burger. I don't actually flip the burgers. I'm, <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> but, but, man, this movie was excellent, man. I just, man. Really, it's one of the movies, too, where you want to. You want to, you want somebody to go watch it. Like, yo, you want to see some good shit? Yo, watch this, man. You know, it's one of those types of movies to me. Uh, but anyway, that was a little spoiler conversation going on. Um, man, what else? There's a few other things we could probably get into while we are here. I, I see your boy. You got another one on your boy Weinstein. Oh, no. Just hit. <laughs> Uh, and they they brought in uh, somebody name dropped Jennifer Lawrence in in this as well. Oh uh, boy! Uh, I guess uh, so. Yeah, a woman filed suit in L.A. County as Jane Doe 
says she was she first met Weinstein at the Fame Festival in 2013. She's talking about the Sundance Film Festival. They had a business meeting at the Waldorf Astoria. Uh, she got up to go to the restroom and says Weinstein walked in while she was sitting on the toilet with her tights around her ankles. Dude! Oh, not she, cool. She initially thought it was an accident, but in the suit, she says she was terrified when she saw him drop his pants. Uh, according to the suit, Weinstein exposed his penis and said, my dick is nice and hard for you. Then asked, do you like my dick? Uh, Doe says she rejected his advance, but Weinstein still moved closer while masturbating. She claims he continued until ejaculating on her skirt. Uh, These cats are wild, man. At the end, Weinstein promised her everything would be okay as long as she remained friends, according to the suit. Um, she says later that year, and she's met, met this guy many times, says she met him again during the festival and claims he forced her hand and onto his erect penis at a screening. Why were you around him after the first thing? But okay. Later that year, she claims she met in New York City to discuss a film called Vampire Academy. Now, let me stop for a second here. If he is this a man who bogarts into the toilet with you and busts, uh, busts you in your eye. Shout out to Snoop Dogg. You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, this is a man that he, this is a crime what he's doing. It's an assault, sexual assault. He does that. And then somehow you are next to him at a screening and he's forcing his hand, your hand onto his penis. Why later in the year do you go meet this person to discuss a film? I, that seemed odd to me. Like, this dude has sexually assaulted you twice. I wouldn't want to be around him at all. But nonetheless, this is what she says. They had a dinner meeting, and afterward they went to his office. I don't know why you're going somewhere with him. but uh, She claims he kneeled in front of her and forcibly performed oral sex on her. Uh... In the suit, she says she was sobbing, and Weinstein responded by saying, I slept with Jennifer Lawrence, and look where she is. She just won, she oh. just won an Oscar. Now She threw her under the bus. Uh, she also alleges there was a t December 2015 incident at a Beverly Hills hotel where Weinstein touched himself sexually while saying he just wanted to look at her. When she tried to leave, he allegedly shoved her into the bathroom and said, shut the fuck up and be quiet. You don't want to fuck this up. Again, I'm not sure why you were going into a hotel room with this man a year later or so after all these other incidents. But I guess they have some rational explanation for that. Um, there have been statements now released uh, by Jennifer Lawrence uh, saying that, you know, my heart breaks for all women who were victimized by Harry, Harvey Weinstein. I never, I have never had anything but a professional relationship with him. This is yet another example of the predatory tactics and lies that he engaged in to lure countless women. And of course, spokesman for Weinstein said this was, you know, he didn't do any things. He's embarrassed. People are trying to frame him. Yada, yada. Uh, I mean, it's one, obviously. She ain't the first person that we've already been through this earlier in the year. But her story just on the surface, it does sound, I don't know, just, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I just I'm trying to understand why you would go around a sexual predator after he's already assaulted you a couple of times. It seems weird, but I don't, I'm not in that life, so I don't know. 
You know, this is one of these examples, and I will allow my naivete to uh, come to the forefront here, but somebody needs to put hands on this fucking guy. He's, he's got it in his mind that since he's got all this money, that he can pretty much do anything he wants. Damn your privacy. Damn your personal space. I'm just walking in, whipping it out, and I'm going to do my thing while you're sitting here in the can. Somebody's brother, uncle, husband, friend, whatever, needs to catch him and beat the living shit out of him. It's that simple. Talk about mom in that movie, you know, being on code. Somebody needs to step on this dude, man. He's got to get hurt for this. Now, if you sue him, great. It's just money, you know, whatever. But a ass whooping, a real ass whooping, <laughs> you you remember that shit? Because money, you can always make money again. But you take an ass whooping, you will stop doing this bullshit, and then you will know that if you do it again, you get more of this. He needs his ass beat. Period. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about no fucking rehab. I don't want to hear about no. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was drugged out. Fuck all that. Somebody's husband, boyfriend, uncle, dad, friend, cousin, whatever, needs to catch him in a room and figure his ass out. That simple. Mm-hmm. They need to do him like that little African kid did on that one video that just recently came out. Yes! <laughs> yes! He just calmly pulls his belt off. <laughs> I am no daddy now, nigga. <laughs> American, this is the only thing you recognize. A whip. And Lil Orange had that coming. <laughs> he had it coming. He was all up in my man's face. Yeah, nigga, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he swung. He's like, "Are oh, you swinging now? Let me take my belt off." <laughs> American black, I show you. I show you like your master. I show you. Nah, let me stop. He put that leather on his ass. <laughs> I thought I told you to be home before the streetlights came on. <laughs> I'm like, is this what they doing? Somebody, I guess somebody had to do it, and Daddy didn't. So, I'm your daddy now. He definitely caught one. That was hilarious. Um, let's see. Uh, Ann Poole, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I got much I can add to that. Oh, than... Before I forget, I'm following up on this Harvey bullshit. <laughs> uh, I read this week. That actress, Eliza Dushku, I was just about to bring that one up. Yep, has been awarded nine and a half million from CBS mm. because of some bullshit that she put up with on the set of the show Bull, uh, primarily by their star Michael Weatherly. He he says some things that were completely inappropriate, and she tries to say, "Look, man, you need to dial dial that back." He didn't do it. In fact, he ratcheted it up. And she's like, okay, fine, we're doing this. And they hit CBS in the wallet for, you know, nine and a half million. Damn. Mm-hmm. So what's crazy about it is, is that he said, because I, re- I read the article, that he started doing it, and then the crew members would make lewd comments towards her. So she complained, and they wrote her out of the series. Bullshit, wow. Man. So two things that happened from this, as I was seeing, is that one, men are trash. Completely. Since that... 
Because I've seen people respond to this, which clearly lets me know how stupid America is, is they're just seeing the headline and not actually reading the articles to get the details. They're complaining like, wow, she got nine and a half million dollars for for uh, for some words. And I'm like, dude, did you read? Did you read the <laughs> they wrote her out after she complained. And two, it just lets me know. If CBS, which shouldn't be a surprise because God only knows how much money they spend covering up Les Moon's stuff. If CBS would do this for somebody named Michael Weatherly, have you heard of him, Mark? You know, no. I know he was on one of the NCIS shows, but I don't watch those. Right. But the thing is, you know, as far as name value, I know who she is. Right. I don't Mike, know who the have, fuck he is. You know. Like, have you heard of him? No, not at all. So if they would do this for this guy, yes, he's the star of the show, but if they would do it for this guy, imagine what they've covered up for, you know, the Friends actors or um, that guy from House. I'm, I'm not trying to throw them out there, but I'm just saying people who actually are huge name stars and who are actually heads of shows that um, that make millions or hundreds of millions for networks. Can you just imagine what's been covered up for those type? If they're doing it for this dude who I'm like, I still don't know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> not to sound like uh Q, but there is definitely a, a pattern with these things, you know, and that's just got to change, man. You know, because like you said, Michael Worthley, who, who is this guy, man? He can walk in here right now and know who he was. But they, they, they kept it on the hush for that guy. And I'm like, you know, and I'm not exactly. saying that it's right. And I'm not saying that the bigger stars to get a pass. I'm just saying like, I'm like, what? I'm just looking at CBS like, why the hell would you cover the? This was your opportunity to be, take the lead in the Me Too or We're Not Going to Put Up With This. And you guys said, now nah, we got to protect this show, this actor. Like, well, serious? I, I wonder if they're doing it more to protect themselves. Like, they don't want to be in the crosshairs of that whole situation. If, if it went down the way she says and they actually wrote her out of the show, that seems like a way more sinister type of thing, even you know, on top of the actual stuff that happened, like, they didn't want to deal with this. Get get her up out of here. We let's let's let the show keep going and make money, and let's keep this quiet. I think they probably. I don't know if they say she was awarded that money or did they settle for that money. Oh, she they, the money she got was pretty much her contract okay. to be on that show. So they, I don't think it went to full on suit resolution because there would have been punitive. So I think they gave her this money if, if in order for her to drop the suit. So yeah, I say settlement. And I'm I'm curious that they. And maybe she was like, hell no. I'm surprised they didn't try to have her like sign and, and you know, and take NBA? this money oh, go and don't say, well, nothing, no, no. don't say nothing about it. You know, like, why we are doing this. Well, well actually, I, I believe she did. She didn't expose this. Somebody else did. Uh, and when they actually asked her about it, she was like, no, nah, I can't talk about it. Now, see, that's even, that even adds more layers to it, in my opinion. <laughs> because, again, neither one of them wanted to be a part of the me too like you said you know sort of getting in front of this and let this be a teachable moment she'd rather take the paper i'm not mad at her you know but she, she'd rather let me get my money i ain't out here trying to be nobody's you know poster child for let me get my check <laughs> i'm out i'm not gonna be done with this and i'm sure they was like cool let's sweep this under the rug again that little nine to them that is a little nine point five million that ain't nothing to them it's gone and give her Give her that little check so we 
the blowback would be worse than what than on nine million would be. Now somebody done exposed them. So now they both looking kind of funny style and my opinion. And the thing is, you know, it's like like Hans said, no one knows who this guy is. Ball is not one of their main heavy shows. And if they're prepared to go to that extent for this But see I don't think they're oof. going they're not going for it for they're going for it to protect themselves because if they if then they'd be like, yo, you guys have an industry where a woman can be, you know, harassed and then you just write her off the show and don't deal with it that's why well, to me they, they settle this out and don't let nobody say nothing because this is, see, it's not even about the dude at all it's about but them see, oh, I'm sorry well, I'm just see, saying that's my point it's like when Eliza Dushku made this complaint to me their thing should have been this is like okay this is unacceptable we're firing a guy let's see if we can replace him if not then the show's done but now it's like you you decide okay let's get rid of her and keep the show and keep the guy, and now it comes out, and now it comes out and CBS looks horrible. And this is the right. same network that yeah. did just that to Jeremy Piven. There was an accusation that came out. And they're like, you know what, we're done. Killed the show, and they killed it, and nothing has come from that. <laughs> well, how long ago was what happened first? That's the, I guess, the question. Did well, you? this happened March 2017 that the this bull thing went down. Uh, Jerry Piven, I think Jerry Piven happened after. Um, it must have been Weinstein. this year. Probably this year, I guess. Yeah. This year. yeah, yeah. So it was probably before the whole Me Too thing. And again, they were probably like, they had, you know, there was no reason for them to to be like, hey, this is going to be a big thing, you know, f her, <laughs> you know, saying, oh, she's saying she'd been. Ah, Let's write her off the show. Let's get, we got money to make. Who cares? And now it's, you know, oh, okay, we'll settle it out. But now if it would have happened, that's why I said, if it would have happened this year during that, then yeah, they probably would have been like, yo, we got to get in front of this. We're not going to write her off the show because they're going to make us look crazy as a, as a company. It ain't about that dude at all. Who cares about him? And I just think they were probably just like, oh man, who cares? So what? Dime a dozen, you know. Mm. Both of them would be a dime a dozen, but even more so, they're probably like, "Ah, forget her," you know. But yeah, I mean, she got she got ten mil. Again, it's because it got exposed. I guess is the story because neither one of them was saying anything about it. So, who well, knows how many no, other situations like that there must be? It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like CBS. They that, this is a huge L for them because oh, yeah. they're they're looking. Hella fucked up, hella messed up behind this. Yeah, they are. All right, one last thing I wanted to talk about. I'm gonna jump into comics for a second. Um, there's a new book that came out, uh, The Batman Who Laughs, number one. Mm. Mm. Big Sexy, did you get a chance to read this? And if you did, what were your thoughts? I didn't pick that up yet. Oh, okay. Uh, but this this is the spinoff out of the Bat of the Justice League Metal series, right? Yeah. Lay it on me. Well, uh, essentially, it's, uh, it, it threw me for a second. I only know a little bit about these characters, but uh, you see Batman on a case or whatever, and he's thinking some people are smuggling something, but when he actually gets what they're smuggling, is that Bruce Wayne is inside this like, coffin, dead. But it's like a, maybe an older version of Bruce Wayne, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And 
you come to find out that somehow the, the, the Batman who laughs is back out, is out here. And he also has another Batman with him who they call the Grim Knight. And he's a Batman that just be packing all the guns and blowing people's heads off. And they go and try to um, get at the real Joker in Arkham. And I think it dives back into sort of the origin of the Batman who laughs and like, uh, well, maybe it, it does a little bit. We're, I don't know how much I want to spoil it for you, but essentially Batman is trying to investigate this situation and he's seeing these clues and there's a cool scene when he's in that Batcave with Alfred and they're like, uh, I can't remember why they were doing this, but they have a security system in the, I guess that little water that they have. It's like some kind of moat or lake or something that's underneath their bat cave that runs through it. And I guess there was a, you can open the doors, let people, you know, let things come in and out of there. And Batman's like, yo, open the, let the security thing come down, whatever. And Alfred is like, sir, I don't know. Is that something you really want to do? And Batman just barks on him. I said, open it, goddammit. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and when they open it, then you see like some bubbles coming out of the water. And it's like, there was somebody already down in there trying to get in. And up pops the fucking Joker. And he's like, ah. Oh. And he, uh, they pull him out of the water and then he pulls out a gun on Batman, you know. And he pulls the trigger, but it's a, it, the gun is rigged to shoot backwards to shoot. So it shoots, the Joker, Joker shoots himself essentially. And I guess there was this whole thing like one of the reasons you never, he would not kill the Joker is because he thought that the Joker had some kind of toxin in his heart. And if you killed him or something, it would go out and it would turn, it could turn you into like the Joker or whatever that stuff that make you smile and go crazy. Mm-hmm. And that happens, but he does that to Batman. He's essentially saying, basically like telling him like, yo, this, this other Batman that kills, the Batman who laughs, he is you. Like he's the real Batman. He's just been exposed to the Joker shit. So he just don't have no morals. But he got all of the training. He knows you. I mean, he is you, but he's you. They don't give a fuck. You know, he's a straight predator. <laughs> he's trying to kill everybody. And the only way you're going to fight him is to be that. And so when Joker shoots himself, that toxin comes out and starts to go into our Batman. You know, he's starting to, you know, sort of change. But it was a, it's a pretty interesting book. So far. I mean, it was the first issue, so it sort of sets up a lot of stuff. But that Joker who kills dude, man, that, that dude is crazy, man. Like, he's, he's savage, man. He ain't playing no games. And he's like, yo... Just like how Batman always has a contingency plan and is it's gonna win, I'm the same way. But I by any means necessary, and I'm gonna win, and I'm killing everybody, and ain't no way you're gonna stop me because I can. Go, I'm gonna go to. I'm like the joke. I'm I'm nuts like the Joker, but I have the mind of Batman. Like, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna see where this goes, you know. So it was pretty interesting first issue. I, I'm definitely gonna stay on it for a little bit here and see how it goes. Well, see, when you mentioned a new book, I thought you were going to talk about Prodigy from last week. Oh, yeah. Which I picked up. What would you think about that? You know, I'm I'm all in. I think that Mark Millar, well, put this way, I'm in for six issues. Because you know, that's all Mark Millar will give you right. of a character before he goes on to something else. 
But the premise of Prodigy is you have a young man, young. I think he's African American or maybe biracial. Now that word's in my head because of that damn song. <laughs> um, and he, and this kid is just that. He is super brilliant. They show him the book opens up. He's a young man, eleven years old, at a little prep school, and they're I think they're playing soccer or something like that with some sixteen-year-olds, and they win. And the sixteen-year-olds are hating on him because he's smarter than they are, and they beat him up. He's like, okay, okay, I'll see you next week. And the kid goes home and like watches all these Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris type films, and learns. How to handle business. Comes back the next week, says, what did I tell you? And he whipped, it was three guys, he whipped two of them immediately. And the third one was like, please, please. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I know I'm expelled, but you got to take this ass whooping. <laughs> so, boom. And next thing you know, the kid is at a party with his parents and some friends. And they're like, oh, it's so good that little Cleon, or where his name is, and Billy are friends. Where are they? They go to this other room and... The prodigy kid has this dude on the table, open heart surgery. Yeah, I was tripping when I was like, what the fuck? And he was completely calm. He was like, I got this. You guys are a little quiet, though, but I got this. It'll be fine. And then from there, you know, they show him as a young adult. He's got all these businesses, all these degrees. He's playing chess with 15 different people at the same time and doing all these just heavy, heavy calculatings. I'm like, wow. This guy. And then somebody wrote him a letter saying, Look, you're the prodigy. We get that. But can you jump the snake or the Grand Canyon <laughs> on fire and live? He's like, Do a stand in my head. And he did it. <laughs> and now there's this FBI chick who comes in at the end of the, uh, the, end of the book is like, Look, we got a problem. There's a potential invasion. You need to look into this. And he starts to look into it. He's like, yeah, I can get behind this. And the thing is, the thing I like about this character, he is a lot like the Mr. Terrific character from DC, who is my favorite character, because he is brilliant mind. And I think he's smarter than Batman. Yeah, I said it. I went there. I mean, this guy's Reed Richards level intellect, and he trained his body and he's an Olympic-level athlete. You don't see that anywhere. And this cat is more of that same type of uh, idea. And knowing Mark Millar with his track record, it can only get better from here. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first issue a lot. And this, kind of doing something with your mic. And this book Sorry. is also uh, a part of the, is that you, Mark, with the right? <laughs> Whoever, when somebody's touching their mic, we can hear that way almost louder than they're speaking. So be aware of that. Um, yeah, this book is also put out by Netflix. Uh, so this is potentially one of the ones that can turn into a TV show. And I think they're already throwing out there possibly uh, Ray, Ray Fisher, the guy who played, yeah. played uh, yeah. Cyborg. So I, I, I could kind of see that. But I would love to see this as a See, that's Netflix. what threw me a little bit about the about the book. You know, it's from Netflix, and there it's Netflix branded all over the place. But this is an Image book. Well, I think Image, you know, publishes in terms of you know, it's kind of like a record deal. It's like it's okay, produced by us, Netflix, but deal, distrib yeah. you know, distribution through these guys. But uh, and yeah, you know, Malar is exclusive to 
Netflix now. So all of his shit is through them. I assume with the expectation that these will be TV series on Netflix. So I'm, I'm excited to see. He always has very interesting ideas. Oh, you know, as a matter of fact, they're supposed to be making a TV show of, um, what's it called? American, ah, I can't think of it. It's a Mark Millar early book. It's called American something. And American it, Gods? Is that it? No, not It's the only one I know. It was a one issue book. And it was yeah, it. the story. It's really good to me. It's the story of a young boy. And you, you kind of seem like he may be Jesus. Oh, but he's, I, I think about. he's really the devil. <laughs> like he's Damien or American something. American Jesus. That's I what it is. Talking about. Yeah. They're supposed to make that into a TV. That's going to be some shit. If they do that one, I, I, I love that book, man. So I can, that I can was imagine. a while ago. Yeah. It's an older one, but it was good, man. I thought it was a good premise. Uh, I could definitely see that being on TV, particularly Netflix. It's even going dark with that. But anyway, um, man, I think that's about it for wait, today. Wait. Oh, got nope, one more nope, thing? Nope, 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 This week, we had the inductees of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame oh, yeah. announced. All right, yep. Now, for me, uh, I'll go in order of familiarity. You know, starting with the least familiar to me and to the more popular choices. We have the Zombies. Now, they had a hit in the late 60s called She's Not There. And I'm, I am not familiar with their catalog. I'm not going to question their validity at all. Roxy Music, I don't know anything they've done. Nothing. And that's out of barn, but I've heard the name. Radiohead, one of my friends is a gigantic Radiohead fan. I haven't heard anything from them other than the song Creep that Prince did at Coachella, you know, several years ago. I didn't even know that was theirs. And now we get a little more familiar names. Uh, we've got Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac. She's going in as a solo. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> and now we have <laughs> for our South Park fans, this is the band that represents and embodies the goth kids. And this is The Cure. And they've been around a long time. Hmm. I didn't know they started back at like 79. Hmm. I had no idea. But they definitely captured that goth Who's Sandman that? vibe. Didn't they have that one? They have one song that I fuck with. Uh, I think it was that. Uh, you'd be like <laughs> I gotta find that that song is a cut though I was like if that's cause it, doesn't it have the dude who's got like the big black hair yep yeah yep. yeah yeah they had one little cut that some of, some of us kind of fucked but I didn't even know who it was but yeah, I'm gonna find when I find it I'm gonna I'm gonna play it here and now we have our two uh marquee names we have iconic 80s metal band Def Leppard and we've got iconic R&B singer 80s and 90s Janet Jackson they're both in now I don't know if she be R&B though I don't know what she is tell the truth <laughs> Janet Jackson pop superstar man there you go 
Now, I'm just, I'm just jo- Jones, joshing on that whole king of R&B thing this week. Oh, what the shit? Who are those two knuckleheads, man? I have no, Apparently the valet. Yo, this is the song I'm talking about. <laughs> this is the cut. You remember this one? I heard. Nope. Yeah, this 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 is called Close to Me. Wait, hold on. It sounds like a John Hughes soundtrack song. <laughs> But hearing his voice, a lot of new wave dudes ripped him off. A lot ripped off that that vocal style of his. I, I remember back in the '80s, I could you know, being in high school and different things, different other people, I could tell that he was a big deal. They were a big deal to a lot of kids. Yeah. You know, I wasn't oh, into yeah. it, but I could see that they was all into that. So. But yeah, shout hey, good good for Janet Jackson. You know, I don't know. Again, I'm like like a lot of these organizations. I don't know the particulars of how they pick or, or what's made of the body of it. But hey, salute to being inducted. Uh, she joins her brothers, right? Yep. Uh, so hey, man, Gary, Indiana, stand up. They got you know uh, Catherine Jackson and Joe Jackson. Stand up. You got your kids. A lot of your kids into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just uh, the induction of Miss Jackson, which is great, but to me, Jimmy and Terry need to be inducted because you take True. them away, yeah. she ain't nothing. I, I would agree. They should be up there. They're probably. I, I would imagine whenever they have this, they will be there with her. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, they'll be there. You know, she yeah. always gives them their props. No doubt. No doubt. Um, but yeah, what what you brought up something? Oh, you were talking about the King of Army. Yeah. <laughs> I never like even heard of the saying. young man who started the whole conversation. I never heard of him, so I can you all I can say is just shout a salute to him because he got everybody talking, and he got a lot of pub off of it. I guess so. I mean, what doing something right? I guess. But to to a certain extent, you know, he does highlight the lack of coverage that R and B is getting nowadays. I'll give him that. Because when you got some knucklehead that no one's heard of, I'm the king of R&B. Well, who are you, man? Right there, we got a problem. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's just one of those things I think he, obviously he's known by some people because for people to care about what he says means he must have a strong enough following because uh, anybody can say anything. I mean, people got take But wasn't that the guy who was mistaken for a valet Parker too? That's a different person. No. Jay Holiday, he- and that was an L. That was one of the L's of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Only thing was missing was DJ Khaled said, "Congratulations, All right. you played yourself." Yeah, that was. I was kind of thinking, why would you put that video out? But I guess he was probably live streaming because that's an L right there. Damn. I know he know he, at that moment he probably had the menace thing flashing his head. You know you fucked up. <laughs> Your career would never be the same after this. <laughs> You're like, not in the Gucci jacket, baby. You're like, hey, yeah. get out of here with that. <laughs> I can see that white lady could give F fucks. Aren't you here to be a valet? I don't know you, nigga. Like the rest of them. <laughs> Here's my keys. Like, damn. Well, uh, that sounded like a sister's voice. And I, I swear she probably heard him like big up at himself. And she's like, let me go knock him down a couple wow, notches. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
He's like, I know that's Jay Holiday, but he talking way too big. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, R&B, it's, uh, again, I don't blame the artists, to be honest, because I know there's a lot of R&B cats out there. It's just that they're not mainstream, you know, but in these days and times, as I always say, man, cats can be as big as they, people demand them to be. You got the internet, so you don't need no cosign. If your shit is on point, you're going to rise through. But if the people ain't really trying to give you that pub, you know, they they more interested in Cardi and <sighs> Takashi and, <sighs> you know what I'm saying? They're not really, they ain't really vibing, vibing to the R&B like, as much as they used to in terms of championing them up. And then, you know, the mainstream side, they're going to post they. They got their own R&B people. They want to position the Post Malones. and You know, they're going to put them in a position. So, and Bruno. Bruno, but Bruno come with, with fire, though. So, I mean. You can't put Bruno with those numbers. Yeah, he, Bruno come with the juice. I mean. No, no, he, he was saying that they got their own. And I'm like, well, you said Post Malone and Bruno. And I was saying Bruno as well. But Bruno works on both sides. I mean, every, everyone fucking with Bruno, though. Even when they was trying to hate, you can't deny the music is bang, is banging. You know, he came with fire, so he, we was bumping that again. That album was, had already been out for two years by the time that conversation started of appropriation, and we was bumping that album two years ago. And so, dude, put out dope work. It'd be one thing if he was putting out some bullshit, but Bruno shit was yeah. Dope. Because oh. Pulse Malone is just garbage. I ain't even heard him, so I, I can't really comment on it. But I, I listened to see what the big deal was, and well, that's 90 seconds I won't get back. Oh, okay. Garbage. He looked like garbage, and I, I, I'm hating. He didn't. He won't disappoint. Because if you're supposed to be R&B, to me, like, no. a certain pedigree of playerism and, and man, madness to it, I, I don't see that. Not being portrayed, in my opinion. <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, Mike, you and I are close to the same age. And you tell me, man, you're you're a young cat, and I'm not I'm not ripping. Younger, right, so younger cat. What is it with a lot of the? I'm just gonna call it what what it's called in on online. These mumble rap dudes. Where is the where is the lyricism gone, man? You know, I blame my blame Lil Wayne. Well, and to some extent, Jay Z. Jay Z said, "I I go into the booth and freestyle. I don't write none of my stuff." Lil Wayne did it, and you saw it was a success. Pretty much all they think they need is a beat and just put some lyrics together on the fly in their head. Um, I think this the whole mumble rap styling. It's it's just the it's just the case of. You know, keeping up with the Joneses. That's what's hidden, so that's what I'm going to do. You know, just like in the 80s. This is not new. In the 80s, Ice-T, N.W.A. came out, then everybody had to be a little gangster. Everybody started cursing on their records and calling people, calling women bees and hoes and all that stuff. So just like in the, the 90s, um, Diddy came, and, and probably wasn't Diddy was the first, but I'm just going to give him, he's the one that did it prominent, the whole hip-hop I'm sorry, rap and R&B uh, mashup where you had a, a famous singer on your song or you were a, a singer who had a rapper that everybody had to start doing it. It's, that's just how it is. Everybody, they see a trend and they got to do it. What disappointed me was when I saw people like Snoop and some others that did a rap and they're just like, dude, you don't have to be. What are you doing this mumble stuff for? Come on, man. You better than that. Thankfully, it was just one song, but again, it's that that's what was hot. That's what people chose to do. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, uh, 
I will say this uh, for the older cats or, you know, the fans, the new Ice Cube album, go listen to that. I, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but he got a song on there, man, I, don't, I think it's called Don't Bring Me No Bag or something. Man, he is fire. He's talking about, you know, drug dealers and trap houses and all that, but in the sense of he ain't with that shit. Like, he got what he says. I'm gonna kill me a dope dealer. I'm gonna burn down a trap house. And he's doing it in that style. You know, you know the style of today. He has this, today's music, but it's the lyricism of Ice Cube and that, you know, holding the mirror up to our own people-ness of Ice Cube that you kind of remember from back in the day. And he going at today's situation. I, I love it, man, because he don't give a damn. So he can say whatever the one he, he want to say. Ain't nobody going to test Q, really. And he coming at him, man. I, I, I think it's it's up there so far. It's up there with his 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 older stuff, man. Like, it's really good. Uh, what's it called? Don't bring me no bag. Hmm. Don't bring me. I ain't trying to count no money. Don't bring me no bag. I mean, don't, I ain't trying to count no money. I ain't selling no dope. Don't bring me no bag. I want an envelope. I mean, that's the hook. And he's just going in on the verses, man. And it starts out with my favorite clip from Menace Society. Uh, oh, nigga, get the door. Who did? Um, uh, Nick? Yeah, nigga, what you want? Uh, <laughs> I told you don't come to this motherfucker so early. Dude. And it starts off with that. And then it goes into, and he got a song that Chase Down the Bully. He's talking about the alt-right and the tiki tiki torches and how he's ready to I was telling Q I mean not Q uh, Q this sound it was on some shit Q Q could be all into cause he's about talking about being ready and getting his guns and he about to go ride on the alt right and <laughs> but yeah the new Q man it's, it's fire then he got a song called the new parliament or the new funkadelic and actually he did the song on uh, Jimmy Fallon or something fire it was with a full band and it's that funk, man. It's a cube doing it, man. Like, you know, it's, there's some good stuff out there. So definitely good. Uh, another good one, um, Anderson Pock, if I'm saying his name right. Or Anderson Pack. Heat. Anderson Pack. He got heat on that album. You know, he got, there's a dope song with Snoop on there, with Q-Tip, with Dr. Dre. Man, it's good stuff. And that cat's a musician, too. So his stuff is fire, man. But there's there's good stuff out there, man. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the trend of rappers that was singing on their songs. Like Nelly was singing uh, Fifty and uh, Ja Rule. That was the other trend that yeah. people started doing. Uh, Anderson Pack. That's what he does. But he's cold with it. I mean, he's that's filthy, man. You know. But you know, my only thing, you know, we're just jumping this. We're gonna end this quickly here, but. I think to me, that's the thing that's different, unfortunately, is that, you know, you get a guy like, uh, was it the Kodak Black situation that happened earlier this week? Oh, See, the thing about it is, I think, is that, you know, you get into these, you know, there's stuff that happens offside of your professional thing where you might have some court cases and things, you know, keeping it real and keeping it real stupid or whatever. All these situations. But when you come out and you want to go to the press and you do interviews, the unfortunate thing is a lot of these cats don't, don't really have a lot of gang about themselves and don't really understand how to communicate 
in situations that ain't always what they want them to be. And there's a certain way that you act when you are confronted with something, you know, that may be uncomfortable. It really is about how you deal with those situations. There's always going to be things that happen where you're going to be uncomfortable. But you can either choose to play it like a G, play it like, you know, and ain't, oh, yeah, see, that's what happened. You know, let me flip that on you and, and slide you some game. You know what I'm saying? You try to trap me. Nah, you know, a real communicator can understand or a man can understand. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, there's a way I'm going to deal with that. You're not going to get me flush, flustered and <laughs> start panicking. But see, a lot of these guys don't have, one, they, ain't, they don't have that training in terms of like, you know, a manager or what they used to call it, the, the real A&R, you know, where they would prep you. So when you go out there, you know how to act, right? In case they ask you these questions. That part of the game has been gone for a long time. So a lot of times they're throwing these cats just right out there to the wolves of the game. And some of them, May not have been raised around men or didn't have a parent that really broke them down and how to act around certain situations. So they could always just be how they want to be, you know, without any sort of responsibility to to um, answer to nobody. But when you get put in a public situation and, and the bullshit is going to stop because somebody's going to ask you about it, they don't know how to deal with that. They just want to have their way. And if they can't have their way, it's a ten- temper tantrum. To me, that's what happened. You can so when people oh well Ebro shouldn't have said this and that I mean I can understand that but at the same point if somebody do ask you that how are you gonna act <laughs> you gonna be a deer with the headlights or you gonna be a player about yours and be like oh well you see Ebro I can't really talk about that but you know what I feel you on that and I'm serious about the situation too what's the next question homie <laughs> you know me. I don't like that shit, man. Y'all be asking me all that bullshit, Mike. You know, man. Then, then you look in corn. Then you look like, they're like, yo, man, you, you ain't really ready to be out here, homie. <laughs> like, why you on the mic? You, you're not gonna kick no knowledge. So just don't go there, then, because you don't know. Just stay in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Don't, because you gonna if you gonna go out there and and have to be questioned, then you better know how to handle yourself, because they gonna ask you what the hell they wanna ask you. But if you're always going to be, oh, I'm leaving. Now, unless your last name is Jackson, Nelson, <laughs> or Madonna, somewhere where you got juice like that, nigga, sit down. You, you, <laughs> then you're going to answer these questions. But that's, to me, the difference. A lot of these cats just don't have, some of them, I say some of them, don't really know how to conduct themselves out here. And if you are going to be out there doing crimes and stuff and, and being out in the streets, then you have to be prepared to know how to flip it when you get around. You want them to play your shit to do your promo. Because otherwise, you're not going to really last very long in, in this situation. And, you know, the other thing I'll add to it is I see, uh, what's my man, uh, Trick Daddy. You know, he really came at Ebro on some, you know. He's gone. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And with all respect to him and, and people like that, his, the only other part of it, I and me, I'm, like I said, I might be a little older. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm not in the game. I'm just a commentator. My thing is, I hear what you're saying, but I'm gonna be. I'm always going to be on cold first. So make sure you have that same energy when they talk about Zimmerman and some of these other situations that's going against us, that's on real stuff, as opposed to this. Because you can't be talking about, I'm going to ride on (laughs) 
the radio man <laughs> over something. He asks, but you're not ready to ride on the dudes killing kid, black kids in the streets and being celebrated as a hero in your own area. It doesn't really make yep. a lot of sense. So that's something we have as a people going to have to like really look at who we're going to cape for and why. Like, again, I don't know his whole situation, but something about sexual assault, I probably not going to cape for that if I don't know the situation. Like, that man going to have to deal with his issues. Same way I wouldn't be if R. Kelly was on some TV show and some lady, well, what about the sexual assault? And he got upset. I'm not going to go on Twitter. Man, she was a bitch for saying that. Man, I'm not riding for that guy. He's going to have to deal with his issues first. We got to be strategic. Why would we be riding for that? Who's riding for Trayvon? <laughs> Why are we even worried about he is a rapper? He got opportunities. We got kids and grown men being gunned down on the street. Shouldn't you be riding for that? This, this doesn't make any sense. So that's something we got to really look at. Why are we getting all, why, at the same point, why I'm talking about this, why are we spending so much energy talking about radio DJs asking rappers questions and that's a top trending topic while we're getting gunned down in the streets? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, and I guess, and I'm not saying what about black on black crime, but I'm saying have the same energy then. So you ready to ride on him? Be ready to ride on Zimmerman. That's all. Because otherwise it look crazy. It, it don't make no sense. It'd be one thing if he had Chuck D or some respect. If he had Kendrick up there or some respected dude in the community, then I could see like, yo, you didn't treat him right. But not when cats got open sexual cases and probation. Eh. Eh. Who? And then, like, yeah. This is the same guy. Wasn't we talking about him earlier in the year when he said he wasn't dealing with black bitches? I don't want black. That was him. Yeah. yeah dark skin. Yeah. yeah that's all. What? You riding for that? Hey man, go ahead. Go on with it. I'm. I'm. Gonna say, I'm. I'm on cold first. I ain't riding for the coons. They got. Hey man, he made his bed. They got to ride in that. We got bigger fish to fry. You don't. He don't deal with sisters, so I don't deal with him. Well, that's just me. Ah, uh, no. I'm not of the, I'm not in that game. I'm black first. <clears throat> Shout out to Jason Black. What what caught my attention most about it, and I don't know this dude, but as I'm sitting there watching him be interviewed by Ebro, I'm just listening to him talk and you know, the whole grills thing and Everything was mumbled. I'm like, who is this knucklehead, man? And then he tries to, you know, like you said, well, I'm not going to answer that bullshit. Do you hear yourself, man? And my man said, well, I guess we can be over then. Bye. That's right. <laughs> and he was like, nobody going to tell me on my show <laughs> what questions to ask. Yeah, was, like, ah, that's crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 my opinion my observation is that a guy like a Kodak Black, I assume he's cooning on purpose. I don't actually, I don't think his real life, I, I would assume he don't really talk like that. That's just my, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I just think it's an act. Because it just, it's 2018. I know we ain't like, I mean, I seen somebody had a video where they had direct comparisons between his speech Patterson, patterns and it was like some Sambo real black and white oh, shit. and it was the same time and i was like you know what? i bet you he's just doing this on purpose because he's you know he's playing a role 
you know, he's getting his money and it's working for him. But he it can't obviously be like that. Not to be that far up in what he's doing, but I don't know. So I I give I give ourselves the the benefit of the doubt a lot. So I don't know. But uh anyway, we're gonna wrap this up, man. Wrap this up. Mine. And you know what? I'm gonna take us, I'm gonna take it out with that cube. So as I'm talking, that that's about to start banging right now. So we're gonna have that going. Uh Big Sexy, where can they find you online? Twitter, <clears throat> WSE Mark. Uh Facebook under Mark Wiggins. Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2. And for now, that will be sufficient. All right, and Pooh. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Ampu. Uh Hopefully, over the next couple of days, you can find me on the Corner Podcast uh, with the homies uh, Andreas Hale and Kel Dansby. They brought me on for a segment talking about uh, my one of my favorite passions, pro wrestling. So I'll definitely be sharing that once it goes live. Yeah, please then, do, man. Yeah, yeah, we got we got hot and heavy in it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I actually uh, decided to pick up the pen again. Got a review for um, Mary Poppins Returns coming out uh, top of the week at uh, For All Nerds. So, you know, your boy's trying to uh, take it to another level in 2019. And this weekend, I'll be recording a new episode with Mariah, the QA. So look out for that as well. All right. Always, you can find us here at podcastjuice.net. Find us on all the popular social media platforms out there you hear my real world seeping into the mic and my time is up (laughs) but with that said work it like a job have a happy new year we'll see you later peace